the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Why should Christians care about the Holocaust? It was over 70 years ago. Stay and listen as we look at Yom HaShoah commemorated around the world this past Tuesday and all throughout the week. Let's begin our time together with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord. And uh, during this time as we commemorate uh, the Holocaust and we think of man's inhumanity to others, We cry out to you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And we know that that is going to be sufficient. We also know that uh, what the enemy means for bad, uh, you can turn it to good. And so, Lord, we know that it's very difficult to talk about good things that have happened in the Holocaust. But, Lord, people did rise up, and they were um, heroes And so we thank you for people who will not be quiet in these kinds of situations. So I ask you, Lord, to not only help us to remember all of this, but make it applicable to today so that we know as believers how we must behave. So, Lord, I thank you and praise you for this opportunity and give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, just a couple of reminders before we begin. If you would like to count the Omer uh, with me, go to our congregational website, which is Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, David.org. Click on Passover Resources, then click on View, or you can even download it, and it's called Counting the Omer. And we're going to do that in a moment. Uh, Consider sending us a gift at this time to help us with the monthly cost of this radio program. We'd certainly appreciate it. And you can go to uh, our website to do that, heartofthemessiah.org, or call our office and speak to Karen 
at 813-831-5673. Now let's count the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olom, asher kiddushanu b'mitzvotah v'tzivanu al-sifarat ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the third day of the third week, and day 17, I have counted the Omer. And then, as you know, we go over a scripture each time. So the scripture for today is Daniel 3, 16 through 18. I'll read it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, replied to the king, saying, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you concerning this matter. If it is so, our God, whom we serve, is able to save us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Yet, even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image that you set up. And as I just read that, it just gave me this image of the Holocaust and how many Jewish people were burned uh, in in the crematoriums. And uh, just okay. The thought for today is having a strong conviction causes you to practice what you preach and to maintain your integrity, even when you face adversity. Your conviction should stand strong and be evident by everyone who sees you. Having personal convictions is important to keep us from being swayed by the opinions of others or automatically obey them. And our challenge for today is have you been challenged by others as to what you believe and how you live that belief? Were you able to stand up for your convictions and still be kind and respectful? Write write about one example. Okay, so that is our Counting the Omer for the day. Again, um, this is a 50-day devotional, and you can go to our website, shereshdavid.org, and uh, you'll go under Passover Resources and click uh, under that, the counting of the Omer, and you can do it every day. And, and it's, I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback that uh, uh, it's really blessed people. So now today, the purpose uh, we're going to talk about Yom Hashoah, and the purpose of Yom Hashoah is to never forget the Holocaust, support Israel, stand against any acts of genocide all around the world, and raise awareness of a real danger, which is remaining silent. And we need to motivate people to pray for America, for Israel, and for the world. So let's start at the beginning. What's the Holocaust? The Holocaust is a term taken from the burnt sacrifice that was offered in the temple that was totally consumed. And it refers to the systematic slaughter of six million Jews by Adolf Hitler, and the Nazis during the period of World War II. Jews at times refer to this as the Shoah. Uh, Shoah meaning uh, terrible catastrophe or tempest. The actual day of remembrance for Yom HaShoah 
the day of the tempest is the 27th day of Nisan, this past Tuesday. More than ever before, people around the world had said that the Holocaust never happened. I pray there will be no one with doubts and that you will also see why this is so important for every Jew, every Christian, and all the people of the world. The three main themes of Yom HaShoah is, number one, never forget, number two, never again, and number three, never be silent. Now, the Holocaust, uh, though beginning in 1939, became possible in 1933 when Adolf Hitler came to power in Germany. And it ended in 1945 when the Nazis were defeated by the Allied powers. The Hebrew word Shoah, which I mentioned, means devastation or waste. It's also used um, for this genocide that is talked about. In addition to Jews, the Nazis persecuted gypsies, homosexuals, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, and the disabled, and others. Anyone who resisted the Nazis were sent to forced labor camps or were murdered. Now, the Nazis used the term final solution to refer to their plan to murder and fully get rid of all Jewish people. So, this is, I mean, it's estimated that 11 million people were killed during this time, and 6 million of them were Jews. It's hard to believe, but two-thirds of all Jews living in Europe were killed. An estimated 1.1 million children were murdered in the Holocaust. I mean, it's terrible, right? On April 1st of 1933, the Nazis instigated their first action against German Jews by announcing a boycott of all Jewish-run businesses. Now, to bring this a little closer home, you say, well, that's ridiculous and, and it's awful and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, but in an article, uh, April 2019, um, it says here Chick-fil-A is having a number of problems. San Antonio City Council just decided to ban Chick-fil-A from the city's airport, and now officials are scrapping plans to let Chick-fil-A open at Buffalo's airport. So, <laughs> before you think that it's not going on now, persecution and bigotry comes in all sorts of ways by all sorts of people and all sorts of organizations. So we look back at the 1935 with the Nuremberg Laws, and the Jewish people were really excluded from public life. They were stripped of their citizenship. They were not allowed to marry, and romantic relationships between Jews and Germans were not allowed, even if the Jews were German. <laughs> um, over the next few years, Jews were not allowed in parks. They got fired from their government jobs, made Jews uh, register for their property, uh, prevented Jewish doctors from working on anyone other than Jewish patients. And then we know that in, in November of 1938, 
the Nazis incited an attack against Jews in Austria and Germany. It's called Kristallnacht, which means Night of the Broken Glass. And this night of violence included burning and pillaging synagogues and breaking the windows of Jewish-owned businesses and looting of these stores, and many Jews were physically attacked. Approximately 30,000 Jews were arrested and sent to concentration camps. After World War II uh, started in 1939, the Nazis began ordering Jews to wear a yellow star of David on their clothing so that Jews could easily be recognized and targeted. So an example of this is my mom had to wear one, but my mom was pretty feisty. And so in the early years of this uh, occupation by the Nazis, she decided not to wear one, go out one day. And if she hadn't been so pretty, she probably would have been killed on the spot by the Nazi who actually stopped her. But there's a much longer story to that. Uh, that that's for another time. My father has actually a similar story, a, a great story about how God saved him from not being killed or sent to a camp. Uh, just uh, both my parents have a, a main, amazing testimonies of this. Um, you know, and, and many people refer to these Nazi camps as concentration camps, but there were different kinds, you know. Uh, there were extermination camps, labor camps, prisoner of war camps. And so, um, you know, it, it was an awful time. Nazi concentration camps had doctors uh, conducting medical experiments on prisoners against their will. So an example of this is Jermaine Pitchin, who lived in Clearwater and recently passed away. And I was blessed by not only knowing her, but having a part of bringing her to the Lord before she passed away. And she was born in Greece at age 15 years old. Her mother and five sisters went into one of those boxcars, and, and they went to Auschwitz. And of her family, only she survived the death camp. And she was kept alive from medical experiments. So, as an example, she received electric shock treatment, and after two days of that, she just vomited for quite a while, and then she was to be sterilized by the Dr. Joseph Mengele, who was called the Angel of Death. Um, and uh, Mengele, speaking to a Jewish doctor, forced him to, he said, take out everything, we don't want any Jewish children, and um, But what happened was just he had taken out the first ovary, and then uh, when he was about to take out the second, they heard allied planes above. And so Mengele said, take out the other one, and then ran out of the room for cover. And the elderly Jewish surgeon quickly stitched her up after not taking out the second ovary and said to Jermaine, uh, uh, name your first son after me. And she did. His name was Saul Pitchin. Many of you know him from New Life Solutions Pregnancy Centers. And he's a Jewish believer in Yeshua who has been responsible for saving thousands probably of babies. And God truly shows us that 
God uses all things for good. Amen? Yeah. So while uh, concentration camps were meant to work and starve prisoners to death, extermination camps, also known as death camps, were built for the sole purpose of killing large groups of people quickly and efficiently. And so, um, they, you know the story, they, they thought they were going into showers and they were gas chambers and, and were killed. And Auschwitz was the largest concentration uh, camp and, and extermination camp built. It's estimated that 1.1 million people were killed there. And the, the good news certainly is that there were people who, who spoke out and, and acted. And so one of those, of course, you would know would be Oscar Schindler, if you've watched the movie Schindler's List. If you haven't ever seen it, please see it. Um, it's, it's not going to make you happy, but it will give you a lot of good information of what it was like. He was a German industrialist, and, and he was a member of the Nazi Party who was credited with saving the lives of 1,200 Jews during the Holocaust by employing them in his factories. And he was considered by Jewish people as a righteous Gentile. And in Israel, uh, at Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust memorial, close to 15,000 people have been identified and honored under a program created by law in 1963. And they are the righteous among the nations. That's what it's called. Another example is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor who in 1940 published a prayer book. It uh, declared the importance of the Old Testament to Christianity and to the church, and it was an amazing and bold scholarly rebuke to Nazi efforts to un undermine anything of Jewish origin. It further claimed that Christianity was unavoidably Jewish and that the Old Testament did not supersede the New Testament but was inextricably linked with it and that Yeshua was unavoidably Jewish. Now, unfortunately, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, with uh, some great books on him, by the way, he died in a, a concentration camp just weeks before that camp was liberated. Uh, unfortunately, as many of you know, the history of the church uh, was not all positive towards the Jewish people. And, um, you know, I try not to do this too often, but I know that recently I read some quotes from Martin Luther, and I, I want to read a little again. And it's, it just really should warn us as to none of us are... are you know, we can all change and, and, and make wrong decisions because if, if we're not careful and really stay focused on the Lord. So here's this great man of God, Martin Luther, who in the beginning of his ministry says, The Jews are blood relations to our Lord. If it were proper to boast of flesh and blood, the Jews belong more to Christ than we. I beg, therefore, my dear Papist, if you become tired of abusing me as a heretic, that you begin to revile me as a Jew. Unfortunately, then, at the end of his ministry, it changed. 
And he said, what shall we Christians do with this rejected and condemned people, the Jews? And it goes on and on. I'm not going to read it all. But, I mean, some of the things he said in, in, in his writing at the end was set fire to the synagogues and schools. Um, uh, their houses should be destroyed. Their prayer books and Talmudic writings should uh, be destroyed. Um, that uh, teach, uh, the rabbis should be forbidden to teach. Uh, that... Um, that they shouldn't have safe conduct on the highways, uh, as an example, let them stay at home, and uh, that they shouldn't be able to lend or borrow money, and that all their cash and treasure of silver and gold should be taken away from them and, and put aside for safekeeping. I know that it sounds crazy, but that's what he said. Um, so here we are. What can we learn about this. We, I think we have to look at our growth when we look at the Holocaust. We should learn from remembering the Holocaust that it could happen again if we forget. It could happen again if people do nothing. It could happen again if people don't learn to forgive. And uh, our words one day could be used to inspire violence and hatred unless we choose our words carefully and only speak those things that are of God. Recently, I heard a pastor say some words that seemed careless to me, and I'm not going to name him or judge him, but I do think that uh, it was really uh, a shame. It, I'll leave it at that. So what should we learn? Well, let's meditate on scriptures below as we look at four thoughts. Um, so number one, uh, that it's uh, we should have an attitude of blessing at all times. Psalm 34 says that, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is... Uh, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That should be our attitude. Number two, we should not be ruled by our past. And um, that's often a, a difficulty for people. But we see in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing uh, I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Messiah Yeshua. The third thing I believe we should do is forgive. And obviously in Mark 11:25 it says, When you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. And the fourth thing is to respond, to act. You know, Edmund Burke, I believe it was him who said, all that is necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Uh, Martin Niemiller uh, has a great quote. We don't really, I think, have time for that. But let me just close by saying um, we need to never forget. We need to help people understand the truth. And it's really important that we be involved in a political process, whether it's concerning the United States or concerning other countries, 
we should be involved. When we're not involved, then people kind of do whatever they think is right. We're out of time, uh, so please remember if you can send us uh, some help with our finances, that would be a tremendous blessing. Um, certainly, I pray that the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me in prayer as we close. Avinu Kenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and thank you. And I ask that this message touch the hearts of people and that we would be able to apply this message to our lives today, that each word spoken from our mouth would be for blessing and not for cursing, and that our hearts would be pure before you as we meet with people and talk to people, and that everything we do would bring you glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel